waiting on fries that you don't get it? You don't, what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries, but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and you're it's like, ready to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's going to be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with food. Exactly. <laughs> so here we have it, guys. What do we got? Patreon.com slash waiting on fries. <laughs> I love it. What's that do? Well, it helps the show, you know? I'm, it allows you to become a supporter. Yeah, because what's going to happen? We're sitting here. We're having a conversation. You're listening to the conversation. It's a great conversation. We've done research. We've got things to say. And then... I'm actually a subscriber, and honestly, I feel like I am part of the show. I feel like I'm literally sitting there <laughs> recording the show with everybody. It's crazy. That is what being a subscriber brings to you. Those feelings of being a part of the magic. The irony. However... <laughs> There's a lot that goes into putting this thing together. Go subscribe on the patreon.com slash waiting on fries. Thanks. Super appreciated. Love all y'alls. Now, it's time, guys. What is it time for? Fixing the broken glass. Grab a broom, I guess. C- correct. Grab a broom. That's cleaning glass. We got to fix the glass. Uh, we, well, step one is clean up yeah, the glass. Yeah, that's true. We reference it often. In fact, I think some of our guests have brought it up before, too. Fixing the broken glass, Giuliani comes in, he cleans up New York City by fixing all the subway stations repeatedly. They keep breaking the subway stations, but they keep fixing it and making it pretty again. And why was that? It was to essentially let people know that are used to like living in this filth-torn area, and they're comfortable hanging out in this, that it's not really a welcome place for them. Look at this beautiful subway station. It's fixed. Uh, that really helped eliminate some crime in that time period. So, what am I referring this to? What are you referring this to? It's getting super busy. Everybody's unmanned to some extent. And I shouldn't say everybody. You definitely shouldn't say Many people are unmanned to some extent. And we need to make things move as smooth as possible and be as efficient as possible with your slightly unmanned staff. Uh, With that being said, over the weekend, I got my first taste of high volume again and being super understaffed at the same time. How did it turn out for you? Not so great. Uh, I mean, financially at the end of the night, sure, it's great, yeah, yeah, but, but you're killing yourself and you're leaving a lot of meat on the bone when you're not staffed appropriately and you don't have a system that's set up to move as efficiently as you can. So with this said, let me describe this bar, right? In the picture. <clears throat> it's a really old style Irish pub in the truest sense where there's walls everywhere and it feels like you're almost in somebody's house. And there's different little rooms. However, the bar is streamlined to be able to get from the front room to the middle room to the back room. The problem lies in that you can't see what's happening in any of the other rooms when you're in one of the rooms. Really poor design, but back then they didn't have problems like this and they didn't realize that they were in such a high volume strip. Makes sense? Guys following me? I think so. Love it. Just as like, just get on with it, please. Anyway. Pretty much. Yep. So <laughs> with this... As kids are flooding into this place, I'm realizing that we can't keep up with cleaning the glassware because we want to have glass because it looks nice and it feels nice in your hands. However, we have to kind of bend what you traditionally do to make sure that we're able to continue putting out drinks. In a streamlined, timely fashion. And mannered. That way we could bring in as much money as we can for the house. So manage your throughput. So, yeah, golf reference. So with (laughs) not... 
What? <laughs> so, is it? Oh, throughput is not a golf reference. No, it's a restaurant yeah. industry term. This, Sorry, this isn't like an operating term. <laughs> Sorry, Justin's been playing a lot of golf, and I just assumed that we were talking about golf now. No. I'm shocked you don't know the word throughput. No, so we'll discuss. Thru- we'll discuss. Throughput is the stuff that goes through like operations, right? So yeah. a plate comes out, goes to a table, has to come back to the dishwasher. So that's all like. It's like your order of operations. I need to see that visually. So when you have glassware, pl- flatware, all that, all that stuff, silverware, that creates throughput, like things that have to go through a cycle. So if you, like you said, if you want to go to a plastic cup, right, that's a one-time use. It eliminates throughput of glass coming out, glass getting used, glass getting run back, glass getting washed. Gotcha. The life cycle is a lot different. Right. It, right. In, and every, in terms. every item, every vessel that you use has a throughput cycle. So then that throughput cycle of a plastic gla- a plastic cup is to the person... To the garbage. There's to the no garbage. cycle. It's a, it's a linear... Oh, it is linear. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I need to visually see these. However, the shift over to plastic made all the difference in the world because then we didn't have to worry about glassware. And that should have activated almost like an hour and a half, two hours earlier as we were like going into this business. Do you, How- prior to this, did you have like a predetermined time to switch over to plastic? No, it was actually too late, but it was on my mind for a while as we were getting heavier and heavier in volume and I was seeing the glasses stack up in the back area where they go for the dish pit, right? So then or the now dishwasher. Moving forward into this weekend, do you have a predetermined time to make that switch? Like I I would think that we should be using glassware. However, it is not my ultimate decision to be doing such, right? I feel um, like in most high volume situations, like Nooms is saying, you have you have an idea like, okay, dinner service. It's like exactly what we were talking about with um, sign of the will the other day. Yeah, like exactly. You have an order of operations as your night progresses. Right. Correct. Things we need to do to stay. So we're like, yeah, if it's dinner time yeah. and most people are out like for dinner and they're eating or whatever, and that's dinner service, then you have glassware because it's appropriate for the time of night. But at like nine, ten o'clock, when you're switching over to time just to drinks, you start pulling the glass off the floor, start. Correct. In the and so I, say, I get you say it's not your responsibility to make that change, but yeah, write it down. I don't want your manager and yeah. be like, this is the plan. This is the problem we encountered. This is how we avoid it. Well, and these things are it's known. Like I, was in, right? I was in the Caskin flagon for game seven of the World Series, right? And around in the seventh inning came apparent the Sox were going to win the <laughs> win the World Series. And all, <laughs> and of a sudden, all of a sudden, all the glass started coming off the yep. floor. <laughs> but that's like that's operations that you're standard to seeing and they know what to do, right? Like, oh shit, here we go. Well, let's cast knows what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, I, I don't want to use now. the word it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm not the decision maker in this in this environment, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I get you. I'm kind of minding my business. Maybe I throw out a suggestion suggestion/idea that I know is true and tried to work just yeah. from being in so many high volume places, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, going forward, I don't know what necessarily is going to happen. However, if we continue to see the trending business going up in that direction and we start bringing bands back and all these things that really build the environment and get the cash flow happening back again with people coming back into the business, like we are not prepared for that essentially. Uh, with this small amount of people that we have. So what I'm suggesting maybe is even getting more creative and shutting down the back bar area. Maybe the back bar area is closed and we just sardine pack up the front and that's it. That way you can have a little bit more eyes on the party and you're operating with fewer or less staff, but you're still setting expectations then because you can see what's happening. I get that, but I feel like, as you would say, you're leaving a lot of meat on the bone at that point. Correct, but we need more staff then in that, in that to perform. 
uh, the at other at some point you got to make decisions based on what you have. Correct. I agree. And uh, you know, another thing that I continuously am seeing in a lot of places that want to do high volume or do high volume is that the bartender becomes a slave to the service ticket well, right? That that service well is you just You hate making service drinks. It's not that I hate making service drinks. I'm trying to streamline at some point. Like dinner service, you expect it as a bartender. You're making sure. a lot of service drinks or whatnot. But now as your bar becomes, you know, five deep, 10 deep, you know, whatever it is, you aren't necessarily making the service tickets for the tables. And is it a necessity to be making service tickets for the tables? As opposed to saying, hey, gotta, 10 o'clock, the kitchen's closed. Food service doesn't exist anymore. Just go up to the bar and get your drinks. Take it back to a table. Yeah. And then this will then require one last staff, uh, staff member or two on the floor to be doing things. And then you arm the bar with the bartenders that are meant to be doing things for speed. Take that server off the floor with someone behind the bar. They become the service bartender. Sure. And th that could, well, then there's nobody really yeah. for service in that, in that aspect. If I can see, both, I can like see both arguments, though, to that. Yeah. What you know, would you I mean, essentially, you're making the same amount of drinks, right? It's just which way are you pointed. Yeah. So it really doesn't, it doesn't really save you any time. Well, here's the thing that it does save you because the bartenders have to make money. We're used to walking out of a bar with cash in hand heavily. And right now where everyone is pooling, everything is kind of okay until that pool starts breaking up again. When the pool breaks up, bartenders don't want to get a $20 tip out for doing you know, $4,000 in service tickets. Well, that doesn't equate current. You're right. correct, I'm exaggerating things. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, you need to keep all like parties happy. You, know, like you two, need to 2 keep- 2% of every sale, so it's a $10 cocktail you get. You shouldn't have exaggerated that much. Yeah. You need to keep the service uh, floor team happy by making some money, but you also have to make sure the bar's making money as well. And on both of those fronts, that's how you don't lose employees, correct? Everyone has to make money. You have to give hours out to people. That way they don't leave and go somewhere else. Right. Like this is just a piece of the formula. But as, but as far as time goes, like it's the same amount of time. As far as what? Making the drinks in the service well? Yeah. well so if you're, you're saying, saying cutting off table service yeah. and then people come to the bar, you're it's still going to make those drinks. They're going to order. Right. They're just, do they order from the server? They order from the bartender. You still get stuck making those drinks. Correct. Now and the then, problem. But he's, say, he's saying now that he's having them come to the bar, they're his customers. He's going to get that money, not the server getting yeah. that money. But then, it's not even but just about the we'll money. We'll be on here in two weeks, and he'll be complaining that they order the drinks and then go sit back at their table, <laughs> and now he's got to leave the bar to walk the drinks over to their table because they didn't wait for him to make the drinks. And you know how am I supposed to be so quick with your drinks when I'm too deep at the bar? Right? It doesn't work that way anywhere. You know, but the problem, the problem is he's understaffed. You know, but, like, right? We're gonna have these problems. Staff. Staff. Why don't we have like a runner here? You know, so like, the other you see all this coming. Yeah. You know, it's like the <laughs> other issue though that exists then in doing the service tickets when you're starting to get to prime time with you know a small staff behind the bar and you can't just put more people behind the bar to deal with it because then nobody's making money so like you have to make sure that there's a there's a uh harmonious Some, somewhere it doesn't make sense in your in your whole thing <laughs> i'm not done yet though but no but like you're like no one's making money but there's too much business slick. for one person but we can't put another person i don't understand it's either like enough business it's, for two people no, or not. there's like there is an equation there that finds middle ground for everything and I th what I'm saying, though, is that when people are coming up to the bar and you've got 12, 15 service tickets coming up and everybody and you're the only one at the bar, you can't help all these faces that are directly right in front of you. When somebody's on a table, they're more courteous to sit and wait for their drinks. 
versus the person that's seeing you make all these tickets and you're not really able to help them because you might be backed up. You might have to do three service tickets and then help one person those, in front of if you. If those ten to fifteen tickets are now people standing behind the bar, like waving at you, and shit, like you know, like then you would then in that scenario have one more person behind the bar, and it's easier because there's less hands or distance to travel to get the drinks to the person. So why don't we just switch the floor person to a second bar person? That's what I'm kind of suggesting. Thank you for summing you, all that but up. But you gracefully. said you can't put a second person behind the bar because then we don't make enough money. Well, that's if that's if there's still a floor person on. All right, right? Yeah, like, I think I follow your. Like uh, all I'm suggesting, I I all I'm suggesting you is follow? there's a lot of variables <laughs> in where you put your your. You know what could be players. a good solution to this? I also think I have a solution. Solution: move your hands faster. <laughs> <laughs> move faster. Somebody told me that very early in my cooking career, and I was like, "What do you mean?" It was like, "Anum, just move your fucking hands faster." <laughs> okay. Sometimes it works. Got it, boss. Yeah. Also, keep in mind though, sometimes slow is fast, and fast is slow. What Sometimes, about? but it sounds like you're in the weeds. So it's yeah, time to move there's faster. a lot. There's a lot of weeds, and there's no moving any faster at this point. What do, What do you think about order and pay? Order and pay meaning yeah. order and pay. This is the new kind of a new trend you're seeing at some restaurants and bars. Like pay what? per drink instead of running a tab. No order. So order and pay is a new software feature in a lot of POSs. There's some. There's some. There's some companies that are that are not a POS that are like a. A third party, but I don't, not like a Uber or a Grubhub third party, just an app, like add-on software that you can use. Okay. And some POS companies like Toast uh, have it integrated already into their, into their system, which is one of the reasons why we're switching to Toast. And the feature is that you have this QR code at the table, you scan with your phone, it brings up an interface, and you literally can just order, so you don't need a server. Mm-hmm. So you can order, it goes to the bar or kitchen, whatever you're ordering, and then whoever is the one person working at all can it gets run to your table or whatever. So the table doesn't have to get up and so flag you down. You don't need servers. You just need. You a don't runner. need a server. You just need one one person. It's essentially, well, you need a somebody running, running it. Pretty you much. Need a runner. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. need a runner. So you could have. You could essentially run a bartender with a runner, and now you flip the tip out, right? So the bartender can tip out the runner and essentially helping out with other tasks that you need, ice, etc. Maybe maybe flip a few drinks, you know, themselves. Yeah. Or the um, runner can even be paid more on an hourly rate as well. Like, right, essentially. Because you're cutting down manpower. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. So in, in your situation, I feel like something like that actually works pretty well. Honestly, it, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, to, like, this applies so well, really, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, Bar Taco actually switched all their locations to order and pay. They have no service anymore. We discussed that a while yeah. ago, actually. So if you go, if you go in there... It's a host, it's a manager, and a runner, yeah. and that's it. And you do everything at and the a table. Uh, what we've just gone through over the last like year and a half, though, has changed the way that a lot of clever restaurateurs and management think. And the rules are different. Nobody's just doing the same thing anymore as they were. They've pivoted a little bit and have changed the way that they operate their businesses. So a lot of the old models, I think, in my opinion could be changed and updated a little bit and like it's okay to shake the cage a little bit and try something new i don't think you're wrong about that the other issue that we've had a lot that i'm seeing and as far as fixing the broken glass is the goddamn coolers the coolers summertime the fridges are gonna break you know i i walked into a new space that i started working at and i was like let me start fixing things behind the bar that maybe have not been tended to 
when people are in an environment for so long, sometimes they get defeated or deflated and, you know, yeah, sure. Complacent. They're not looking to fix things and do the changes that you come in with fresh, exciting ideas with, uh, as somebody new. So the first thing I did was I opened the cooler and checked it out. Sure enough, there was like inch and a half standing water. I said, well, that's cool. <laughs> so uh, we started draining this thing. And I yeah. said, well, let's figure out where this problem is. Yeah. And I'll monitor it over the next couple of days and take it little by little. So sure enough, I cleaned the whole cooler out. I dried it out. And then some kid comes over and he yells. He doesn't yell at me. He laughs at me. And he's like, oh, it's going to be like that tomorrow again. I was like, well, why? <laughs> like, does nobody ask why questions anymore? Like, let's get to the answers here. A lot of people don't ask why. Uh, so with that said, clean this thing out. And I was like, all right, I'll recheck it tomorrow. Sure enough, I open it tomorrow. There's more water in it. Not as much water as there was, but the water's there nonetheless. So you're making progress. It must have been leaking from somewhere. So Or the, condensing from somewhere. So the next thought that went through my head the next day was, let me check the coolers. And I noticed that the cooler door was open. Like the strip of, uh, what do you call it? The rubber gasket. The gasket. the gasket was not keeping the door closed at all. And I said, well, is this from like condensation occurring? Pretty so much. So is the gasket broken or... Not it just properly. wasn't. It just wasn't holding to the door. That's a blue violation. There's a blue violation. So a rubber gasket's like twenty five bucks. It explain yep. a blue violation. Health code Here. violation. Health code violation. It's that. not like a serious. Uh, you know, it's not a serious violation. It's like easily fixable, and it's not causing like Potential harm. Shutdown. Yeah. It's not code red. It's like. It's, not blue. A red it's like, hey guys, it's kind of okayish. Yeah, like a red violation or bad. It's like, you know, well, you're saying the violation in the same pan or something like that. You're saying the violation is the standing water. No, no, the, the gasket, gasket. The gasket itself. The gasket yeah. itself. It's an equipment violation. You have to have like part of your health inspection is that all your equipment is supposed to be in working order. So okay. if you have something that's, that's not one of the first things they check aside yeah. from the fridge's temperature is the door gaskets. So then, what's the running? What's the standing water violation? The standing water is a result of the broken equipment. Okay. Violation. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, with this said, but yes, it's also, you can't have standing water. So that would go in. It would be a blue violation also. Okay. So with the water coming back and I'm seeing the door kind of open on its own as people continuously shut it and kind of shut it hard so it sticks, but it doesn't stick. It does the opposite. It just reopens, right? So they're also damaging the hinges on the door, which are going to need to no, be No, I, I don't mean like that. It'd be another blue violation. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so here now, right? We just discussed this a second ago about uh, what happens here. And now you're telling me that there's further cooler issues that could be happening that create this issue. There's a handful of potential run-of-the-mill problems that you yeah. usually have. Especially in bar coolers. Especially in the summer when it gets hotter. Yep. So explain these. Well, well so <laughs> the first thing that um, I've learned to check after working mostly here, actually, um, you check the, the coolant to see if the coolant lines are clean. Um, if they're clean, then they might need to be refilled, which is something we can't do. We'd have to call somebody for that. With, like, Freon? Yeah, I yep. believe so. But then you can also check the, um, the intake on the fan. You check to see if that's dirty and gunked up from just grease and dust and whatnot. Um, usually, usually those are the things like your either your exhaust has dust buildup and it's just got to get cleaned out real quick. Yeah, that's usually the issue. I think that's usually the biggest issue because yeah. having dust there will block everything from working properly. Yeah. So we see, uh, or I should say, that's I have seen. Though. There's more. What do you got? Like but more. Wait, there's things, more. There's more. Um, Bridget things. Forgetting. So the top of the fridge, you clean the. Clean the coil, uh, cleaning the coils, right? We can do that. Yep, yeah. cleaning the coils, kind of the same thing. Um, 
if it's hot out and the condenser is working too hard, it's probably oh, yeah, yeah. you probably need to get more air to the system. So make sure the intake area is clear, cleared yeah. of other obstacles, so it can so pull in a strong amount. Of air. And that's push. why you're cleaning the intake is to make yeah, it easier also, for the air to go in. So if it's yeah. if on a hot summer day, maybe you have two fridges back to back. Maybe you need to create more space in between them so it can just pull more air faster or harder, you know, or evenly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just you've been through these problems a lot with fridges. Like you're almost a pr- a fridge professional well, at this point. Refrigeration is probably a, the biggest regular expense outside of your fixed costs Easy. in the restaurant. Like your fridge guy. Shout out makes, to uh, Pete at TCR. Yeah, Pete TCR. <laughs> I think he just retired off of us. He did. He did. Um, so, but my thing was every time I call this guy, I follow them around and see exactly what they do so that I can do that next. You know, like if it's something I can do, I don't have to call It's a $500. As soon as I call, 500 bucks. <laughs> we're starting. $500. So yeah. if I can figure it out myself, I'll do it. So there's been like all those cleaning type things, the refill thing we can't do because that's, well, that's what I was going to say. The thing. next thing yeah. is we got to get our tank of compressed air to jet out the coils and we got to get some Freon. Yeah. And now we can do creating space. On when it gets hot out, that's an easy thing to do. Like if you have bar fridges that are in the back, like tucked into something, you might want to just give it an inch yeah. out. I think Mike also put fans in the kitchen to increase airflow. Yep, going increase towards the air. Fridges. Then I find that at some of the older model uh, bar fridges, they have the condenser is inside of the fridge and not and not on the side. So now they, the, if you buy a new fridge now, it's usually like offset condensing unit that's yeah. not in the fridge or like hanging on the reachable. top. Yeah. yeah, and it usually has like a tray that you can pull out and you can yeah. just spray it off real quick and put it in it and all the work can do. But some of the older fridges have the condenser like inside. Like, yeah, like those ones. And uh, sometimes they're on the top of the fridge and then those have a drain pipe inside of them that drains the condensation from the condenser out to the back of the fridge and it should go out to your drains. And sometimes, sometimes it just goes onto the floor. Yeah, sometimes that drain pipe can loosen and you can't see it when you open. So you, excuse me, you don't even realize it's there. Yeah. And then, you know, you call a fridge guy and they're like, oh, this drain pipe is clogged. And you're like, oh, I didn't know there was a drain pipe back there. It's like behind it. Yeah, 500 bucks. There you go. (laughs) So that's often what causes water buildup inside the cooler is that drain pipe will actually be leaking and the water drainage from the condenser inside the unit that's supposed to be going out is just dripping down. And you'll see a common in a lot of bars, a hotel pan on the top or something like that that's catching all that leakage. All you have to do is just fix that drain pipe and it'll go back out the back of the... Sound, I mean, it sounds so easy. Like, you just <laughs> made it sound know. so easy. Exactly. <laughs> Most of it... It is, is easy. easy. Yeah. You just don't know until you spend $4,000 on service calls. I'm just going to make Justin flyers for <laughs> his new business where he just goes fixing everybody's fridges around I mean, town. Mike and I have joked about starting a fridge company for years because it seems like the way to make money based on how often we had to call them in the past. Yeah, okay. and we're not the only ones. So, I, so yeah, it's quite possible that the fridge in the example that I've used is definitely draining back into the fridge, right? Sure. Like completely. Although I didn't know as I was looking around all the corners where that drain would be. I was actually looking for a drain that would go out. Am I crazy to suggest drilling a small hole with a bit into the bottom of the fridge? You're crazy to suggest yeah. that first. Yeah, because you look for just, the drain, clear out the drain. If that doesn't work, then yeah. maybe drill. Clear the source. Plus, you don't want to <laughs> that if you if it's not perfectly done and airtight and sealed, it's you're just, just creating create another more. place. Well, well it, it, I know I explained. Yeah. I didn't explain <laughs> that specifically for you guys because I speak broadly. However, if I was to drain a hole into the bottom of the fridge, I would then put piping in there and then seal that piping. Right? 
and it would yeah. be like a plastic but, pipe that would go into another drain. But now you're just you're not you're not solving you're not fixing the problem the, the source problem. You're just correct. Well, now what I've learned today with you two professional cooler guys is that there's a lot more different things that could be happening with the cooler. Especially in the summer. Yeah, like I was just I was just a guy making drinks and making sure that the bottles and the coolers were clean. You guys were out here in the streets fixing the coolers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guys, don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because you know, algorithms. <laughs>